0: I mean, how many of you stayed up to watch the ball drop? Raise your hand. Uh, About three of you. The rest of you are senior citizens, apparently i know that we had a super chill new year's eve like we didn't even have anything uh, that would resemble that it was new year's eve going honestly this year i didn't pay it any attention new year's day was really low-key we were just uh, lounging around the house unloading some boxes We've lived in our new house for three months and still don't have everything uh, unloaded or looked through, so we were working on some of that. Uh, But I had a pretty cool uh, New Year's Day evening when I watched a very disappointing Badger game. Anybody else watch the Badger game? Please pray for the Badgers. But the event itself was pretty cool for me. I have to tell you, I got a phone call from a friend and he said, hey, come on over and watch the Badgers in my new home theater. So I just set up this home theater recliners way more sweet than what are in this theater here today. 72 inch flat screen. We're like five feet from it. The players our full size. I mean, it was on, taller than I am, I'm telling you right now. And it was great. And his wife would bring us, he made turkey dinner and stuffing and all kinds of stuff. And then his wife would come by and she would say, Would you like a soda? Pastor Dan, would you like a water? She gave me a blanket. I mean, it was, I don't care what generation you're from, if you're from the generation that says awesome, the generation that says amazing, cool, cool, lit, fly, dope, whatever it is. It was all of those wrapped up into one. I will tell you it went south right at the end when or toward the end because she, she offered me a blanket, soda, all this. She said, can I get you anything else? And I said, well, I could use a foot massage. I mean, and that seemed to kill the buzz. I don't know what you guys, it he didn't seem offended by it, but she uh, kind of did. So Well, it's exciting for me this morning to share a message with you that I have called Vision 2020. The Bible says, where there's no vision, people don't accomplish anything. Where there's no vision, nothing significant happens. Do you know that most of the time, in most areas of our lives, unless we're purposeful, we kind of fall into the same patterns, and we have to have a vision in our lives that's set before us to help us make changes and to help us shoot for the goal that we really want to accomplish. And so I want to talk to you today about the vision of the Appleton campus of Life Church for 2020. And if you would turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14, we're going to look at verse 1 and then verses 12 through 15. Luke chapter 14, it says this, one Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees. So just so you know, this guy would be like socially at the top of the food chain. Everybody would look up to him. He would get all of the attention. And it says, and the people were watching Jesus closely. Then he turned to his host and he said this, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, Don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be the only reward that you receive. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Hearing this, verse 15 says, A man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Now, let me set the stage for you. This luncheon, as I alluded to, happened at the place of a very pious religious leader. I mean, they had so many rules for the Jewish people that it was impossible for people to actually live out their faith. They were perpetually failures spiritually because these guys made it so much about rules and they kept changing the rules. Do you ever put something in front of your dog or your cat and, and, you know, tease them with it, and then, then they jump for it, and you pull it away, right? And you get a big kick out of that because you're a, I don't know, masochist or whatever they say that is. You know, you want somebody to feel bad, or is that sado or masochist? One or the other, where you want somebody else to feel bad. And, and so you, you do that, and you laugh and have fun. Well, that's kind of how these guys went about the things of God they would continue to change the rules so people could not find peace and joy and, and happiness in the things of God. And it was kind of a local who's who dinner. I mean, if you were anybody, you got invited to this big party. And it wasn't for the average person. And that's the other thing that religious leaders of that day that did. They, they made it so only Uh, a blessed few or a fortunate few could participate. And they were all trying to get close to the highest people. They all were trying to rub shoulders with the right people and and get their autograph and all that kind of jazz uh, that they wanted to do. And one guy who was there previously, if you were reading before these verses, it would say that there was a guy there who had a very swollen leg. And he was in real distress and nobody was paying him any attention because after all, they're not really there to take care of anyone. They're actually there just to hobnob and and be noticed. And so here's this guy and Jesus notices this guy and that's why he starts to say, hey, when you get together, don't just get together with people who can pay you back, people who can reciprocate what you've done for them. But on the other hand, get together with people where you can divinely make a difference in their life. Why in the world is this gentleman sitting in the midst of this party and nobody has reached out to him? You're missing the whole point. And so there are three simple concepts in this passage that have power to change the world, that have power to change our world, that have power to change the way we participate in the things of God at the Appleton campus. I want to give you three words, and then we'll expound on each of those words, the first one being to invest. Verse one says, on the Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely, and you know that's what happens in our lives. When we say we're a Christ follower, people look at us. People want to see how we're living our lives. And so these people were watching Jesus and, and it says, then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't just put it on for friends, brothers, relatives, rich neighbors, uh, because they'll invite you back and that will be your only reward. It's kind of a reciprocal arrangement. But I notice here that Jesus says, when you throw one of these luncheons or banquets. In other words, it's anticipated that we will serve other people. Now, this guy was doing it for the wrong reasons, for the wrong motives, but nonetheless, Jesus pointed out that when you're doing this, do it for the right motives, do it for the right purposes, with the right spirit. So they had at least one thing going for them. And that was that they were putting on the party, that they were setting the table. And do you know today that you have come to a table? You've come to a spiritual table. This is not just church. This is a spiritual table. And at this table today, there are four types of people. And there are colors that represent those four types of people. The first color that represents the first chair is blue. And that's the food dude, okay? That's me. That's the guy on a particular, or gal, on a particular Sunday who it's their responsibility to bring the word of God hot and fresh, to make a difference in the lives of people. Then there's a portion of the people seated at the table, even in this service this morning, and the color that represents your seat is red because you have yet to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You've yet to allow him or invite him to be the savior of your life. And in any healthy church, that's about a third of the congregation. Then the next seat would be green. And that would be for people who have come to faith in Christ, and they're in the growing process. And you know God wants you to be growing as you come to the table? We'll give you something here to help you grow. Last week, we talked about in our own devotions how God changes us. You get something to inspire you here, but the word of God says that those whom God foreknew, he appointed to be transformed into the image of his son. God wants you to grow. God's got some great stuff for you. It's not just entry-level Christianity. God wants you to continue to grow. And you know the thing about spiritual growth is it never stops. It's kind of like my weight gain at the holidays. (laughs) It never stops. It just keeps on going. About the time you figure out one thing in your spiritual life god reveals another because he's going to continue to bring you into a place of maturity if you allow him to if you desire for him to and then the last one is is yellow for or gold for mature believers but they don't just get to sit and and uh, you know let the church come to them they're expected to give back and let the whole process happen again. They understand the will of God. They understand the vision of life, church. So they just continually invest and invest and invest. And so Jesus says to that guy when you do this, make sure you're investing in the right people. One thing I know about investing in people is that it always takes effort. How many of you hosted people at your home for Christmas? Raise your hand, right? How many of you were dead tired when it was over? Keep your hands. That's how it happens, right? You're like my, my, my father-in-law says about grandkids. It's grand when they come and it's grand when they go, okay? And, and that's kind of how the holidays are. Honestly, I I heard these two ladies at the mall, and and then I started visiting with them. They were both in their 60s or so, and they were talking about what a great Christmas they had, but how tiring it was. And So I engaged in conversation, and they said, yeah, we had a blast, but we are so glad that it's over, right? Because it's tiring. I would not want to live Christmas and New Year's week every week of the year. I, I couldn't take it. I'm just being real. I mean, w- w- but it takes an investment when When you have people over to your house, with the exception of today, we have our coaches for our different teams at life church coming to the house for a monthly meeting and i can just assure you that you did not get this are not going to get the same cleanliness that my family got <laughs> before christmas okay because i'm still recovering right but you work you you try and make everything the best it is i can remember and maybe i said this a few weeks ago at thanksgiving my mom was the last one to bed and the first one up Some of my most special times growing up were sitting up with my mom at the holidays when she was finishing the final things in the evening and we would stay up till 1, 2, 2 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and I would just visit with my mom. But see, then I got up at 10 o'clock the next day and my mom was the first one up to get the turkey in the oven to get things going investing in people always 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 takes energy you know what it really takes time talent and treasure time talent and treasure that's the investment and that's part of what God has put on my heart for life church for 2020 is to invest in people in new ways Invest in people, and and we understand in our life groups, guys, I I wanna praise you for the way we treat life groups at our campus. We have the highest participation of all four campuses in life groups. You can give yourselves a hand for that. We have the highest participation, okay? And I don't want to stop that, but we have to find a way to make room for new people. We have to find a way to invest in new people who can't return the favor, who aren't currently part of us, who may never reciprocate the invitation. And I understand that friendships are a great part of life. I went to see a friend on New Year's Day. It was a great blessing. But if I would do the same all of the time, I'm not living missionally. I'm not living missionally if each week I have to find a new close friend to go with or the same close friend. I have, Jesus expects me to find a way to bring new people into my circle of influence. And it's not easy because it's outside our comfort zone. Some of us really do not meet new people easily. It's very difficult for us. A lot of people think that I'm extreme on the extrovert side. That's not correct. I'm just barely over the extrovert side. So what you see in me for extroversion or my willingness to walk up to people I don't know and engage them and try and be loving and and warm instantaneously is a learned behavior. Why have I learned that behavior? Because I believe it's important to the kingdom. I believe it's how we engage and invest in people. If I leave it to someone else to engage you know, somebody, maybe they're not at that place in their life where they can walk in that step. So if you're spiritually mature, God is saying to you, hey, make the investment, expand the circle. And I understand it's not the norm because that's where we we feel good, is around our friends. But can I say, if you expand that to the church world, It's so important, this this idea of investing in new people in our lives is so important because we're not just inviting them or we're not just investing in their lives for natural purposes. We are investing in their lives to get them to come to a spiritual table, something that can change their eternity It's it's not just, hey, once I eat that meal, it's over. It's actually the thing we're trying to invest in is to get them to the point where they can drink living water, where they can eat of the fruit that does not go away. It just nourishes their body and their lives eternally. But Jesus says, be sure to make room for those people. And I get it. Life's busy. We only have so much time. We only have so much energy. God does not expect me to open my arms, my door, my relationship circle to everyone. But he asks all of us to invest in someone new. See, I don't have to do it all if you do your part and you do your part and I do my part and you do your part. It doesn't have to fall on any one person. But it's so important because we're inviting them, as I said, to a different type of table. They, people, people. We live in a society, and you know this. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir for most of you. We live in a society that has less and less of a reference of Jesus Christ and what it is to live for him. And you know what they think? If you're in this building and you are a Christ follower, many of them think you're a bigot, a homophobe, all these various things. How are they going to figure out that's not you if, you if we never touch them? Right? You following me? How will they change their perception if, if I don't invest in their lives and in their world? When I was working in De Pere, there uh, was a was a restaurant by my office, and and it was filled every day with people who obviously had a had a lifestyle totally different than my own in in multiple ways. And I saw this lady come in one day and order, and and uh, uh, there was all kinds of ungodliness happening. Happening, and she walked up to this person. And she said, you know what? I love you. You're a great person. And I remember that sticking in my heart, saying, God, I I actually knew the woman who walked in, and my perception would be, I'm not her judge, but my perception would be she was not a believer, and she's loving ungodly people. How come it seems so hard for me? How can an unbeliever invest more than a believer? I mean, I'm talking truth here. I'll go home today, I'll have a meeting, and and uh, I, my son-in-law and daughter will be there, and my son-in-law's horse that's supposed to be a black lab, but I don't think it's a black lab, and our other dogs, and we'll, we'll have a good time, and But if after that, if tomorrow, if this evening, if I am not intentional about investing in a world that's lost and uncertain about their future and eternity, I don't have to go engage them. But God is saying to me, get out of your comfort zone and go engage them. Go find them. Get involved. The second word is this, invite. Jesus goes on to say in verse 13, instead of inviting the people you're just comfortable with, in our setting, it might be church people, people who live like you, Christ followers. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, in other words, those who are in need. And let me tell you, this is not just a socioeconomic thing. Okay, I've led some people who make a pretty fine living to faith in Christ. And their lives are devastated. Right, so it's not socioeconomic. It's not only limited to those who have some kind of physical thing that they need help with, but it's people who have all types of needs, spiritual, physical. We try and meet physical needs to bring them again to the table. We're not just nice for the sake of being nice, but we're nice or, or we offer them hope for the sake, the hope, the opportunity to invite them to a table that can change their life where they don't have to repeat their patterns. You don't know my family, all right? I, the, the rest of my family is not as handsome as I am. They're not as tall as I am. Um, they're, they're in bad shape, I'm telling you. No, my mom comes from a family that is totally devastated. Now, she's passed away, but my mom comes from a family that's totally devastated. Addiction... Incest, um, people in prison. My grandfather missed my graduation because he was in prison. Okay, that's the family that I come from. And when my mom married my dad, she said, I'll marry him if he gets me out of the house. If I don't like him, I'll leave him. Because her dad had been married four times. His last wife was 12 years younger than my mom. A little bit mixed up. My dad got saved at 25. And he went home. My mom was 23. And he said, Bonnie, he said, I realize that we need to follow Jesus, that he's the answer for life. And so I hope you'll follow. But if you don't, I'm still going to to follow Christ. And so you're going to have to make your own decision. And they prayed together. They surrendered their lives to Christ. And I am standing here today because of the people who invested in my dad and invited him to the place where the table (laughs) changes lives. Now get this. My grandpa's last wife, when my mom died, said this. Your mom was so lucky for the life she had. She might as well have said, as the rest of us have lived in total brokenness. And my wife was so frustrated. She said, Dan, it was all I could do not to to speak up to her and say, what are you talking about luck? it's Jesus. Somebody brought them to Jesus and they took it and they believed it and it transformed their lives. If you are younger than I am in this room, and many of you are, let me tell you something. The only thing that has never failed me is the invitation I've received to Jesus. And he's always been everything I've needed him to be. And the church has been the the best place that I could learn about that with my family, of course. It's the best place. What you're doing right here is better than any ball game. It's better than any hockey game. It's better than any of that stuff that we do with our kids. And I love it all. I'm not, I mean, I come from a sports family. But we're talking about inviting people to a table that transforms generations of lives. My wife's grandmother got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, kicked out of a mainline denomination. She became a church planter in Wisconsin. There are two churches that still exist as a result of her and her friend planting churches in Wisconsin. She eventually married a minister. His name was Orwin Hansen. I called him Orty once in a while, (laughs) Uh, but I'm sorry, Ortwin, God forgive me. Anyway, um, he lived in a way to affect four generations, four generations of people when he got saved. And the fourth is my daughter's generation. And I've picked up the mantle to say, I want to be a four-generation guy, and I want to give that invitation to as many other people as I can. I've never told you this story, but I am standing here in front of you, not because I was in need, not because I wanted to move, but because God put it in my heart that I thought I could reach more people moving to Appleton than I was in my current location. I was so stinking comfortable I was, I'm not kidding you. People bought my lunch all over town. Oh, pastor, you know, I'd go to a restaurant. Thank you for what you do in our city. You don't have to pay today. I'm like, good night. This is great. I pray with people in my neighborhood. You know, I'm comfortable. My wife has a great job. That's not what life is about. When I get to the end, I don't want to say, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Man, you made me so comfortable. You made me so comfortable, I can't even believe it. I don't deserve that. It's not all about me. It's about this invite that we pass on to other people. Get this invest in people for the opportunity or excuse me, invite people to your table for the opportunity to invite them to the table. You following that? Invite people to your table for the opportunity to invite them to the table. People want to know you care, not just that they're a number, not just that they're a mission, Part of our vision for 2020 here at the Appleton campus is to purchase our own facility. I've been looking at quite a few buildings. We've got uh, at least one good option. We're continuing to keep our options open in case something else comes on the horizon, but in fact, first on my list tomorrow morning is to follow up with some more phone calls uh, concerning this particular place, and I'm excited. Um, can i just tell you i am excited for the future i believe we are going not i believe we are going to be in our own facility i'm not kidding you but it's going to happen as we give our time talent and treasure and the other thing is this do you know buildings don't fill themselves buildings do not fill themselves And you know, the number one thing we're going to have to fight against in the next six months or so when we get our building and we get it changed over and moved into it is the fact that we have arrived. Oh, we've got our building, praise God. Let's just worship in our building. Do you know, I already see that building filled twice with problems of where we're going to put people, but it's based on the investment and the invitation if we don't invest enough in the things God wants us to invest in, the facility will not fill itself. You and I have a direct impact. Keep in mind that 20% of people who go to a church, excuse me, 80% of people who go to a church do so at the invitation of a friend or a family member. You're here 80 percent chance of the invitation from a friend or a family member we still do social media we still do some other things but let me tell you it's your voice it's your story shared with other people invested in other people put in the ground in their lives as an investment praying for a return watering it inviting them to opportunities where they can get acquainted with God at the table. So I'm looking forward to that building. I'm looking forward to increase. I'm looking forward next Christmas Eve not to have to go to the theater next to us, right? Have total breakdown. By the way, look at this. We have lights today. We have videos uh, everybody worked hard. We have a new keyboard. It uh, went out on us last week. So I love all that stuff. But it doesn't, God doesn't just speak it into to being. He uses people to reach people through our investment and our invitation. Finally, increase. It says this, Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. 2020 for us is about increasing our input for the kingdom, investing and inviting. That's for the kingdom and also in the kingdom. Out of our investing, and our inviting there will be an increase for the kingdom as we put it in we get a return i shared with someone this week that one of the greatest if not the greatest places in your natural life that you get a return on investment is in your marriage if two goodwill or christian people are married and they continue to submit to god and to each other out of reverence they're going to have a good marriage. Not a perfect marriage, but a stable marriage. And it's out, the, the investment in people is similar. We get a return. If they're just a number, we will get very little return. But if we invest for the right purposes into the right people, God will bring an increase invest, invite, increase. It's God's will. You say, Pastor Dan, how can you tell me that it's really God's will that, that this church grows, that we get our own facility, that we're reaching people for Jesus? You know, how, how do you know? It's, you know, most churches never get over 100 or 150 people. I'll tell you how I know it's God's will. Because First Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says this, For it is good... And God wants every person to be saved. It is good and God wants every person, everyone to be saved and understand the truth. Why wouldn't he want us to help in that journey? That's what he wants us to be about. You know, this church exists for people who are not even in it right now. This church, I, I came here for you, I came here for me, but I came here for people who don't even attend. I came here for people who've never heard of Life Church Appleton campus, for people who have never seen God show up in their lives who are desperate for something, you know what? They may live in a gated community. They may make plenty of money. They may not have an obvious need. Let me tell you this, enough wealthy people have been my friend for me to know that everybody has needs. And sometimes the person who looks like they have the least need has the most. Their marriage is falling apart. He can buy his wife anything he wants, but he can't emotionally connect. Their kids are addicted to name any number of things, and they're desperate for help and unity in their families. See, our our reality is maybe a hundred people at Life Church today. Pray, someone in this room or someones in this room if that's proper English surrender their hearts to Christ today make Jesus your savior others take steps of, of faith in their journey next steps we'll have some of that today but let me tell you what I see I see a church where the Spirit of God consistently reveals himself to people who come into the church. They sense this presence. They're like, I, I, in, in, in my last place of ministry, over and over again, Pastor Dan, why do I cry every time I come in here? I don't understand that. You know, and they'd be new to the church. God's touching your life. Just roll with it. Let, let's see what happens. Right, And then they surrender their lives to Christ. And and that's what we want over and over and over again. That's what brings life into the church. I see a church where our worship touches heaven and changes earth week after week after week. So two people want that as well. Glad you're with me. I think we're outnumbered. I see a church where young people, people younger than I... Well, I'm pretty young. I mean, I'm 37. Where young families, young adults come and say, that is what I want in a church. They're being real. They're being real about the struggles of life. They're trying to answer the real questions we have about things of faith. Let me be honest. There are some real questions, right? That's what I see in my mind. That's what 2020 is for Life Church. But 2020 for Life Church will only be that if 2020 for you is that. Because you're the church. Our new building is not the church. I'm preaching good today. You can clap. You can say something, right? Our new building is not the church. We're the church. When is the last time you prayed, Lord, who do you want to sit at my table or who do you want me to go to coffee with that needs to hear some encouragement from you? When's the last time you prayed that prayer? When's the last time you had a friend that's hurting and you, I don't care whether you knelt next to your bed, sat at your kitchen table, but you said, God, my friend needs you. They're lost. You see, most of your friends want God to solve their problem. The problem is a result of, is a symptom of their real problem. Let me put it that way. We have the answer for lots of stuff. And it starts with the sin problem. This is the table that will change lives. We need to get them at our table and earn a right to invite them to this table and see what God can do. That's 2020. That's Vision 2020. I'm going to invite you, yes, thank you. I'm going to invite you to do something with me. If you go outside after service uh, under the orange tent, you'll find three sheets of paper it's not, it's not online, it's just for our campus. And we've outlined starting uh, January 9th, I believe it is, a week from tomorrow, whatever day that is, where we have people fasting every meal for 21 days for the things I've preached about here, for the life of our campus, for your own life. But somebody covering our campus in fasting and prayer every mealtime for 21 days. More people can sign up than one in on a particular time, but in the next eight days, we need all of those blanks filled in. And we're not just gonna say that 2020 is gonna be a year of vision for us. We're gonna pray it into being, right? There's a difference except the Lord build a house, those who build it labor in vain. We're going to pray it into being, so please, when we go, sign up for that. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word and and, uh, how it encourages and challenges us and reminds us what all of this is really about, God. Life is so short. They need the invitation to the great table. The table in the kingdom of, of heaven. In the kingdom of God. So everybody has their eyes closed, their heads bowed. You're in this place today and you say, Pastor Dan, I just I just have not invited Jesus to be my Savior and believe in him theoretically but you've never invited him to be your savior and I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than allow me to to see your raised hand so as I pray I have your your name in my or your face in my my, my prayer in my mind for my prayer so if you say Pastor Dan I've never invited Jesus into my heart and and I just sense that God is calling me to something new in him and I think it's just to surrender my life to him. I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to I'm going to pray. I won't draw attention to you, but I'm going to pray just raise your hand. I want to know that I'm praying for you today. Just just slip it up. Just take a moment. We're not looking around. And then I want to talk to other people today. You say, "Pastor Dan, I believe." I I I believe that Vision 2020 is for the Appleton campus. That through in, I'm going to invest in people. I'm going to look for people to invest in. I'm going to look for people to to invite to my table so that I can in, earn the opportunity to invite them to the table. I'm just going to I'm going to be a part of that vision. I'm going to give time, talents and treasures to those things. And and I'm actually going to ask you to declare that today. Would you just stand if you say Pastor Dan that vision? That really takes uh, hold in my heart. I just want you to stand. And and don't stand because you think uh, somebody else stood or what if the pastor sees me not stand. I I only want you to stand. If that that takes root in your heart, just stand with me here today. Stand with me. We're going to pray, Father God, use us. Use us in new ways, Lord. Help us to create time and opportunity to invest and invite and earn the privilege of inviting people to the ultimate table. Because we live in a culture where it does not happen instantaneously. It takes repetitious investment. So God, use us in that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. this time, we're going to ask the ushers to take their places. I realize I preached a little longer than normal today, but I'll give it back to you another day when I uh, go short. So they're gonna wait on you for your tithes. I guess that's every day if you want to know the truth, but they're going to be receiving the tithes and offerings if you're our guest today before we pass the buckets let me say we don't ask anything of you today other than to fill out the guest card that you find in the cup holder right by your seat there and so we would love for you to fill that out you can place it in the bucket but we even have something better for you and that is if you would take it out to the orange tent after service and turn it in there we have a free movie ticket for you, and there are some pretty great movies out right now and that's just our sign of appreciation that we're thankful you're here for us today we won't sell that information or give it to anyone else but if you do fill that out, you get an email from me and I'll contact you to see if there's any way that that we can serve you. Also, if anything good happened in your life today, we would like you to take that next steps card. In fact, we teach a class, as they talked about, that's titled next steps i teach it next sunday morning at 8 45 out here in in the lobby uh at, at outside the restaurant here we'd love to have you be a part of that if you surrendered your life to christ today mark that if you want to be baptized we've got a baptism service that we're planning in a hot tub at the end of January. I don't know who's going to baptize these people, but it's going to be fun. I can tell you that. Fun and cold. So uh, mark that down. It's going to be a great time. We're bringing in uh, the video crew from our main campus because we want to celebrate this with the other campuses. And And so write that down. Also, you'll find in that on that in that cup holder, another card, it's a generalized invite card to Life Church Appleton. Pray over that, give it to someone, invite them to Life Church. Let's pray for our giving. Father, thank you for the privileges you've given us in our lives, God. You have transformed us. Thank you for what you've done in the life of my family, God, through the, loc- through the work of the local church. And God, we pray that that would just be repeated over and over and over again through the giving of our treasure, our time, and our talents. Thank you for your faithfulness. Help us to walk in trust and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. At Life Church, we believe it is important to activate your faith by getting involved. Whether you are new to the church or you've been coming for a while and are ready to get plugged in, LifeTrack helps you take the crucial first step on this faith journey. LifeTrack is a one-time, one-hour course that happens at each campus on Sunday mornings. In this class, you'll learn about the background and the structure of Life Church and what we believe. We will also help you discover your spiritual gifts and equip you to use those God-given gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. After you have completed Life Track, you will be able to serve on one of our many Life Teams and begin the membership process, which will allow you to be a Life Group leader. You can get more information and sign up by filling out the Next Steps card on the seat or by visiting.